1: Well, hi there, and welcome once again to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And this is episode number 27. And this is the show where we share everything and anything to do with vacation rentals worldwide. And I am delighted to have with me today somebody who's going to talk to us about something that's entirely new to me in the vacation rental industry, uh, something that I came across a little while ago. Uh, maybe a couple of months ago and looked at it with a lot of scepticism. It wasn't until after um, I talked to my next guest that I I realised that um, they're really onto something that I found very, very interesting. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Well, I'm delighted today to be talking with the CEO and co-founder of Vacation Futures, Andrew McConnell. Andrew's going to tell us about the concept of wholesaling vacation rentals and how this can work for both homeowners and managers. And I'm really interested to learn more about this because it's something that's entirely new for me. And I know that many people in my audience today are probably listening to this and also are totally in the dark about what this might be. So hopefully Andrew is going to explain all about vacation futures and wholesaling vacation rentals. And by the end of the podcast, we're going to know a ton more. And I think be really intrigued and interested enough in it to find out even more than uh, we're covering today. So hi, Andrew. Welcome.
0: Hi, Heather. Thank you for having me.
1: You're you're very welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Andrew, tell me a little bit about your background, how you came into the whole vacation rental business.
0: It was a a winding road, to be quite honest. After college, I went to law school, actually, uh, and ended up getting two law degrees, one in the U.S. and one in the U.K., but then decided I didn't ever want to practice, even though I did the bar exam in Florida, passed it, uh, and went into management consulting. So I worked with large companies, large governments on a lot of strategic and operational issues and then got a little more into the legal space working for a company called Axiom Global and it wasn't really until January of 2012 uh, after a i guess serendipitous conversation with a couple of family friends that i was even really awakened to the opportunity and the potential in the vacation rental space and that's kind of how Vacation futures got started, and this whole idea of wholesaling vacation rentals.
1: So, had had you talked to vacation rental owners before? You know, had had you did you take a, have a discussion with them to find out how vacation rentals were traditionally managed?
0: No. So this this all came from this uh, one conversation. It was my first conversation really on vacation rentals. I knew it was something people did, and we had certainly stayed in vacation rentals before growing up as a family. But it was at lunch we were on a family vacation, and two family friends started talking about VRBO. And at the time, I didn't even know what VRBO was. And so they explained Vacation Rent by Owner. It's this great website that allows us to manage our own homes. We don't have to pay commissions to managers anymore. We get to do this ourselves. I said, wow, that sounds great. I'd, I'd love to learn more about it. How do you know that it's not going to be a bunch of teenagers who are trying to rent out your home and may use it for a party and actually trash your place. They said, well, we actually have to do a lot of research and Google around on them, see if they have LinkedIn profiles, really try to see who these guests are and try to filter them out. I said, okay, well, you live in Atlanta and your place is in Destin, Florida, and you live in um, Massachusetts, but your ski house is in Vermont. How do each of you get it cleaned? I said, oh, well, we have to hire these local companies to go do the cleaning in between and... One of them said, well, I actually had to switch my company twice because things were missing or they were getting broken and I just wasn't happy with the service. And we just kept talking more and more about everything that they had to do. And said, so, wow, this sounds like it takes you a lot of time. They said, oh yeah, we don't get to play golf anymore. This is what we do with our free time. I said, well, I mean, you're a cardiologist and you're a dentist. Your time's worth several hundred dollars an hour, right? And they said... Oh, probably closer to 1,000. I said, well, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you said there are professionals out there that do this for a living. They said, oh, yeah, there are lots of these companies out there. I said, okay, and, and they probably do it better than you? I said, oh, without a doubt. I mean, they're doing it as a full-time job. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. I'm sure they do better than we do. I said, well, why wouldn't you just take all these weeks that you're trying to rent in the first place and just sell them to those managers? If your whole issue was you didn't like the commissions they were charging and the uncertainty, why wouldn't you just sell all the weeks to them instead? And in unison, they said, well, of course, if there was a way to do that, that's exactly what we would do. And so literally, as soon as I got back to the hotel room from lunch, I emailed my co-founder who had gone into real estate after college and kind of knew the space and said, Mickey, I think we really need to talk. I think there's an opportunity here. And we started looking more at it. And every time we'd have a conversation, homeowners, whether they honestly were vacation rental owners or even homeowners with places in more urban locations that were doing long-term rentals, everybody said, wait, can we use your service? Can we use your services? This is so painful. I hate doing this. And I said, okay, well, this, this may be on to something. Uh, and we were curious if there was a buy side. Would managers be willing to do this? Would they be interested in it? And what we found was that managers 20 years ago, 15 years ago maybe even, had virtually 100% market share when it came to vacation rental management. If you lived in a different destination than where your home was, you were entirely dependent on a local manager or management company to get the keys to the guests, to book it, to deal with complaints, to get things cleaned. Uh, And then with the internet, all of that changed. So not only did you have sites like Airbnb and HomeAway, but it became much easier to even create your own website and to manage things remotely. Um, but with that, and because of that change, managers went from 100% market share to today, according to Rate, they only have 40% of properties that are rented out or managed by professional management companies. So he said, oh, these people are actually kind of losing market share. Their margins have come down because the rates used to be 40 to 50%. Now, in some places, they're getting down to 10%. Maybe they would be interested in actually doing this. And what we found was before we ever had a website, literally before we had a website, uh, we got contacted by management companies in Florida saying, we haven't grown in five years. Every property we get, we lose two to VRBO or its competitors. We heard you might be able to help us grow. And we responded, sure, we would love to. We don't know how you heard about us or we don't have any properties, but we'd love to help you do this. Uh, and so that's why I left my job and started working on Vacation Futures full time to create this marketplace for both managers and homeowners.
1: Andrew, thank you for that. That was such a really clear explanation. And and just as, I, as I'd mentioned to you just before we started the recording today, I, I came to this from a position of being a homeowner myself and also the CEO of a property management company and i came to it with a, a very skeptical view um firstly from the homeowner uh viewpoint and and i just wrote a note here that that what you seem to have taken is that traditional argument that that, that homeowners have that why should they give money to a property manager when they can do it all themselves and and you've Almost created this bridge in this argument between VRBO and who, who does what, and come up with a solution that seems to be really equitable to both parties. And as I say, I was very sceptical about it when I first looked at it. But having read through your your site and now heard that explanation, I'm really getting excited about this. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I still don't see how it would work for for a company like mine. We are we are one of the very few remaining and I think up here in Canada we just have a very different model because we all our properties are so widely dispersed that mm. we don't we can't do property management all our owners do their own thing they they hire in their own cleaning teams or they do it themselves so I'm still struggling to see how that would work for us but it's certainly yeah. such an intriguing idea can you talk me through then what would what would be a typical transaction how would an owner let's say, who is also intrigued by this, get going on opening up their property to this type of model?
0: Absolutely. And before I get into that, is I would like to touch on your point that it may not be a good fit uh, for a lot of management companies and some homeowners. It's an enormously large industry and people may want different things. Right. So maybe you have a relationship for 20, 25 years with your local management company. That's your best option. Just stay with them. You know each other. They know your house. That's great. Or maybe you really want the control over who rents your home. Maybe you're going to retire there in three years and you want to feel that, you know, every single individual that comes through that door, then you're better off managing it yourself. Outsourcing really too much is going to make you unhappy. And then in the middle, there are people that say, look, I just need some amount of money to help me cover my mortgage or my taxes. And we could be a great option for people who want that to see how much money could I get? Is that enough money? And what we've seen is we've actually been informational in people deciding, should I sell my home or not? Because it's a kind of a price check for them. What is this really worth on the market per year? Is that as much as I thought I was going to get when I purchased this home? And is it enough or should should I sell this home? And for managers, it's the same thing. There's a whole spectrum of services that managers provide. So really, the management companies that use our platform and and work with us really need to be able to provide that turnkey service. Because the whole idea is to be the easy button for the homeowner, that they outsource everything to that management company. But there are other homeowners that say, I want to control these three activities and have professionals do these other five right? And that's where you get all different business models, which makes the, the whole space really exciting. They're just, it's one more option in the quiver uh, available to everyone. Mm-hmm. But to, to your question, and sorry to go off on that tangent, if you are one of those homeowners that says, look, I value my time, or I, I want to get as much money as possible, or I just I don't really enjoy managing this myself, uh, how would they get started? We make it very, very easy. Uh, On our website, vacationfutures.com, you can go in, you create an account, and within, it's really less than 10 minutes, you create a listing. You put a very short description of your property, number of bedrooms and baths, upload some photos, and then you put the term that you're trying to sell. So for right now, what we're seeing a lot of is terms not really starting until the fall, because they're already booked up through the summer, or maybe not even until 2015. So they may say, our term that I'm listing starts January 1st of 2015 and it runs through December 31st of 2015. And then you're able to carve out the weeks as a homeowner that you want to use the property yourself. So you have two options. You can say, I know exactly which weeks I wanna use. I'm gonna use it for four weeks and it's these four different weeks. And you carve those out of that entire listing. The other option, and this is what a lot of homeowners like, is having flexibility and saying, look, I don't know the exact weeks, but I know I want to use five weeks. I know one of those, I want to be in the peak season, and the other four can be off-peak. And those can be flexible, and I I can work with my manager on that. And that's it. You, You put that, that's your listing, and then that goes out to managers in your area who have said look, we're trying to grow our inventory. We want to manage more properties and we're willing to do these guarantees. And they bid against each other to give you the best possible price. And it's it's all closed envelope bidding. So there's no kind of gaming the system. They have to put their final and best offer in. And then as the homeowner at the end, you get to look at the, the top offer and say, well, is this enough? Would I be willing to sell all these weeks at this price? And if not then you you haven't really lost anything. You you aren't committed to take the highest offer. You can say, no, this is not enough. I want to keep doing this myself or stay with my current manager, whatever you're doing. Uh, But if it is enough, then you move to due diligence with that manager. Because we know these management companies don't want to start writing big checks until they can physically see the property, make sure that the photos match what it looks like today. And we know that most homeowners aren't just going to hand over the keys and the rights to their home and sign a contract with these companies until they're comfortable with them. So that's when you're introduced to the company, you can, you can see their history, see their uh, level of customer service, and you typically have a week or two to go through that process. And then if you're both happy, you sign the contract all online, make it very easy, uh, and then basically you use the home when you want, and when you're not using it, you just get checks in the mail from the management company.
1: This is not a commission-based model, which is what everybody else, what, what we are traditionally used to, right?
0: Exactly. The, the whole idea, um, and this is the premise that we came in, there, there are kind of two things going on for the homeowner. One, as a vacation homeowner, very rarely do you own more than one property. There are a few that we come across may own two, three, maybe up to six as investments. But really, you only have one. And you cannot diversify your risk If you only have one home, if that home does not rent, then you're still eating all the same mortgage costs, utility costs, property taxes. Whereas a professional management company has many different properties they're managing. And so if on average, they are getting the right level of occupancy at the right rates, then they can diversify that risk, they can do okay. And so we're shifting that risk, the property will or will not rent from the individual homeowner to the manager. At the same time, as a homeowner, I have higher costs than a management company would. When I hire someone to clean my home, I'm hiring for one home, whereas a management company may have full-time staff. The marginal cost of cleaning another home is virtually zero for them. So their costs are lower. They may be able to book it at higher rates because they have a brand behind it, and people say, look, I'll pay a slight premium because I know I'm going with a company that has a a 24-7 hour service line uh, and things like that. And then the third part for the homeowner is this turnkey service. Uh, We've heard from several homeowners, homeowners that don't even rent out at all today or haven't in the past. They say, look, my vacation home has become more of a burden than a joy. Every time I show up, I spend my, quote, vacation doing repairs and maintenance on this house. The hot water heater goes out. There was flooding because there was so much rain this spring. Whatever it is. And what this does is shifts all of that burden, all of those tasks, all of that responsibility to professional management companies. So really they are paying you to take care of your home for you. Uh, and so for those kinds of homeowners, it can be a very compelling proposition as well.
1: Yeah, it's it certainly seems to be. And while you're talking, I'm sort of shifting it around you know what is the difference between um you know looking at um, the the owners that uh, that register their properties with us for example and and they pay a, a commission just on the weeks that are rented but of course there is no guarantee we can't offer any guarantees uh, right. that they will get a certain income over the year so it that's up in the air and and we have had years last year in particular we got to June and it was a weird year of weather as it always is in this part of the world and and we had just so many vacancies fortunately it right. all turned around at the last minute but that left owners with really worrying about you know i've i've got six vacant summer weeks right and if i don't but, fill those what am i going to do because i have outgoings that i need to to meet and i see that uh, with um, with vacation futures they would have had that guaranteed income already, regardless of whether the property manager is then able to do those rentals
0: exactly they're, they're shifting all of that risk to the management company mm-hmm. and you know the, the discount they may have to be willing to take can vary so we've had we honestly had a property down in Florida where the homeowner was netting one hundred and forty thousand dollars the year before, and they had two bids over $150,000. The highest bid was $180,000. So for that home, that homeowner was actually getting paid a premium because it was in such high demand over what they were making today. Mm -hmm. Whereas other times homeowners say, look, because it's such a headache, I'm willing to take a discount. Or maybe because it's so uncertain, because hurricanes could come through, or wow, it was a really cold spring and the season started later and I lost two of my peak weeks which could be 15000 in revenue, uh, I would be willing to take a discount to just have some level of guarantee to make sure I can pay my mortgage or my property taxes or whatever it is as a homeowner that you're trying to do.
1: So I can see definite benefits for, for the homeowner. Let's just shift it over to the, uh, to the property manager. I'm a property manager. Let's take it away from Ontario because I I don't think this would be a right fit. But Mm -hmm. let's say I'm a property manager um, in California, in Florida. What are the benefits to me?
0: As a manager, there are really three big benefits. The first is why we initially got into the business, which is just growing your number of properties under management. Managers make their money by managing properties, renting them out. The more properties you have, the more money you can make. Because of the growth of sites like VRBO and HomeAway, we've seen a lot of management companies are losing properties or they're just shifting between one company and another. And what we're doing is bringing new customers, customers that could have been RBOs before or have never rented before, back into the professional fold. So first off, it's just pure growth uh, in the properties under management. The second piece is it's actually an opportunity to make much more than you do today on commission. Uh, because again, of the growth of sites and the ability of homeowners to do things on their own, management fees have come down drastically in the last 10 years. Uh, I think you used to see 40 and 50 percent was pretty standard in a lot of markets, and in some places it 's getting down to below 20, and that 's taking a real hit on these businesses. and so what this allows you to do is as long as you 're acquiring the inventory at the right price, you can make multiples over what you would on the traditional commission basis uh, in terms of profits. And this is because you can have this newfound control over how you price it, how you release it to the market. You don't have a homeowner saying, no, you can't do discounts to ensure you're filling this week. Or no, don't raise my rates too high for July 4th because I'm worried it won't book. You are the professional and can decide how you do all of that. And then, for example, for off-peak week, say your marginal costs for cleaning a property, everything, are $500 for an off-peak week. And traditionally, the most you could get are $600. Well, as a management company who's only getting 20 cents on the dollar, 20% commission, I'm not really making any money doing that. But what you're doing now is every single off-peak week, every single additional dollar above and beyond standard goes 100% to your pocket and to your bottom line. So if you rent an additional off-peak week, or two off-peak weeks. That actually can start increasing your profits on managing that property exponentially and very quickly. And and the third piece and why a lot of management, and we didn't even know this was gonna be compelling when we came into the industry. It was managers told us after the fact, this is why I value you. And that is to not have to deal with homeowners anymore. Uh, we've, we had a direct quote from a manager who said, look, I would happily pay your fees every single day just not to have to deal with any more homeowners. They, they breathe over my shoulder. They always are trying to steal weeks back. They're, they're a total pain. And if I could just buy those weeks and be done with them and sign one contract and not have to talk to them, I would pay just for that. And so I said, okay, great. We'll add that to our pitch to property managers then.
1: I hesitate to say I'm with you on that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just hopefully your customers aren't listening.
1: Yeah, I have I have over 2, well 220 properties and and I have to say, you know, the, the 80/20 rule applies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anybody who's listening, you are in the uh, in the 80. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> okay, so that seems attractive. What sort of take up has there been so far Andrew um, amongst uh, property managers? And is there any area where this is more popular than others?
0: Certainly, Florida is very popular, and I think that's just in large part because Florida's the biggest vacation rental market in North America, right? So that's where a lot of managers are. There's a lot of competition. Um, the Panhandle is our single most active market with, I think, we may have 12 or more property managers all competing with each other in that market. It's been a bit crazy. I mean, we, we don't spend money on marketing or advertising. We really don't. Uh, we, we launched our first landing page literally yesterday. And before any of that, we were getting registrations in South America, in Europe, in Asia. We got a place in Dubrovnik earlier this week. People really want this, I guess, on both sides, managers and homeowners. We, we get contacted and people reaching out to us. And so it's, it's difficult to, to keep up with the demand a lot of times, um, but because it's an online marketplace, it does make that a bit easier.
1: So how I understand this, this is free for, for homeowners to list their property. They can go in, they can list it, and uh, they can get into this negotiation with a property manager, and it is not costing them anything. Am I correct in that?
0: That is correct today. <laughs> um, that will not be correct uh, in probably about three months. We are, we're going to change that because we, we found early on we needed a lot of listings. We needed homeowners to, to do this. And it was great having it for free. Um, Mm -hmm. The the downside for that is the homeowners don't always have skin in the game if they haven't put something down. And so they don't feel as invested. And it gets them in these situations where they like the number and then they may go to diligence with the manager and they get very wishy-washy at that point. Mm -hmm. So going forward, we really do want to have very nominal fees, but just something showing this homeowner has really thought about this, does really want to do this kind of transaction. Um, much, it'll be a tiny fraction of any listing fee on any site, um, but just something to, to come through the door. But yes, certainly for the next two or three months, if you want to try it, it's 100% free as a homeowner. Uh, and it's, if anything, just a, a price checking mechanism. You just have managers bid on your weeks and see if it's worth it or not for you.
1: I think that was a point I was going to make because if it's free, then you're bound to get the tire kickers. It's, it's a bit like, you know, I want exactly. a realtor to come out and value my house.
0: Right. Right. And so that's, that's why we're having to change that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about for property managers? What's the investment for them? Property managers again,
0: today can come in, register for free. We vet the, the property managers. You can't just go and sign up as a property manager and automatically start bidding on properties. Um, You you go through us. We do a little check to make sure you're a real company and and actually manage vacation rental properties. Uh, And at that point, it's free to search for properties, to bid on properties. And then once you've won an auction, once a homeowner says, yes, I think I want to go with this offer and move forward, you pay a subscription fee for that day. So it's $2,500 and you are allowed to move to due diligence on unlimited properties for that day. Mm-hmm. So say you bid on five properties, you were picked as a winner on three of them, you only pay one fee of 2500 for that day to move those to due diligence. If it's only one property, you still pay 2500 but it could be 10 properties and it's still 2500 So it's just a flat fee subscription for that day.
1: So it's a flat fee, fee subscription, but if, if you're not the highest bidder?
0: If you're not the highest bidder, it's totally free. Don't pay a dime.
1: I'm I'm sort of currently more intrigued now because I've been looking at property myself, and and my my favorite part of Florida is the Panhandle. What? So so I'm thinking, you know, having I mean, we both um, talked to Taylor White of International Real Estate yes. Listings recently. He was actually saying because I I was mentioning to him, there's nobody on his podcast talking about U.S. property, and he said, well, we're international. I said, but 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 I'm an international buyer looking to buy in the U.S. Yeah. And I said I was, you know, really interested in the panhandle. It's, it's just a fabulous place, beautiful beaches. There's a particular area around um, St. Joe, I think, where, where they, it's all dog-friendly beaches.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And I was down there last, last year, and it was, it was just wonderful. And a, you saying that the potential to have, to do something like this and then have numerous property managers bidding in a, in a competitive market that actually makes it even more appealing for somebody looking for a vacation rental to purchase,
0: right? And it really helps you determine what the home's worth to you, mm-hmm. right? It, it helps you calculate what kind of mortgage can I afford. If these are my all-in tax, taxes, mortgage, utilities, then what can I afford? How many weeks do I actually need to sell in order to cover those costs or cover the portion of costs I'm looking to get back? So, absolutely.
1: I encourage people when they're we're thinking about buying property uh, for vacation rental purposes to do that research beforehand. Go on to VRBO and HomeAway and um, look at occupancy levels. But right. it, um, but these, of course, are mostly you're you're really only able to do this with the with the VRBOs rather than the property managers.
0: Well, and and the issue on the VRBOs is it's fine; they have their posted rates. Mm-hmm. but it's very difficult to know what they actually closed at. Yeah. and if they're blocked for homeowner use as opposed to being rented.
1: Well, absolutely and that that that's the big sticking point because they don't have any there's no variables, there's no way of showing that when right. it's blocked off for the entire month of of July that uh, that that's actually a paid booking and not the the owner just taking the time for himself. Right. So uh, as I say, it's uh I'm getting ever more intrigued, Andrew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm happy to hear that. That's-
1: <laughs> so how do, you, how do you see this? You, you know, you've, you've, it, it's relatively new. Did, did you answer my last question when I said, you know, what is the take-up? Is, it, is the take-up as you have expected uh, or projected?
0: It is. So I, I guess you get two sides. So honestly, on the homeowner side, it's an education process. But when we speak live to homeowners, two-thirds of the time, over 60% of the time, within minutes they list with us. They say, honestly, this is just better than anything we're doing today. A third of those homeowners, we're not a good option. And we touched on who some of those homeowners are. The, the homeowners that really are managing because they want to micromanage the property, because they want to feel like they know every guest that comes through, and they're willing to only run out half as much time or a third as much time as they could. Those people, we were a terrible option because the whole idea is to outsource all of that. So if you want to do that, you need to do it yourself. The other quarter, uh, there's probably 25% of the market, are people who are retirees or stay-at-home moms who do not value their time and who are good at renting it and enjoy it. We get retirees or stay-at-home moms where those three other Points don't hold true. They say, Look, I'm not good at it. Or, No, I I still value my time. It means something. Or, I don't enjoy doing this. This is actually a burden. And they will still list with us. But those retirees or stay at home moms, where those three things hold true they don't value their time, they enjoy it, and they're very good at it. They also are not going to list with us. It doesn't make sense for them to do it. Mm -hmm. But for everyone else, it makes a lot of sense. And honestly, to date, over 90% of people who list receive bids. And over half of the people who have been getting bids deem them high enough to move to diligence on with those managers. So they're getting not only the vast, vast majority of time getting bids, but the majority of time, even the bids are high enough. On the manager side, what we found out early on was if we talk about it theoretically with managers, 80 to 90% say, of course, this is great. Why wouldn't I want more inventory and make more money and have more control? In reality... Very few management companies can really wrap their head around doing a guarantee and have the sophisticated financial models and willingness to take on that kind of risk. And so in reality, we see kind of 10 to 20 percent of management companies really actively participating. Um, There is a bit of a snowballing effect once a few in the market start doing it. Others, whether they wanted to or not before, kind of start having to do it. Uh, We had one of our managers in the panhandle. The reason she registered with us, we didn't reach out to her. She came to us and said, look, I've never done a guaranteed contract before. But last week alone, I lost two properties to guaranteed contracts. So I have to start doing this. We had someone in San Francisco say, look, I I don't want you in my market. I see you potentially as as detrimental. But once you're here, I have to use you. You're the the best and easiest way to get inventory. So if you're here, I kind of have to do it. Um, so it, it's interesting how that may change over time on the the manager pickup.
1: Our, our own business is ten years old this year, so it, it, even in our part of the world, we've seen massive changes, mm-hmm. and and it's it's one of those things that those changes are just coming faster and more furious, and right. and it and it is tough to keep up. And I I've always quite liked living up here on 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 top of the we like to call it on top of the world. We're not. Yeah. We're not in your attic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that that we do tend to be. As my husband says, you know, while the rest of the world is is in two thousand and fourteen, Canada's still in nineteen fifty five. And it's oh, it's not quite as bad as that. I think he's just talking about the banking industry. Oh, yeah. Um But um, but we are perhaps seeing all these changes coming so quickly even in in our industry up here it is tough to keep up so when you're talking about the guy in california who said i don't want to do this but i'm going to have to it, it just seems that that we're moving into places that that we may have been uncomfortable with in the past but will become second nature in the future i was talking to um matt landau i think recently about yes. reviews and and just saying that you know it, it was only a matter of five or six years ago that there was just so much controversy about live reviews and everybody hated them because they were worried that people would post something negative and that that would be blasted over the internet and they would lose business and now nobody ever mentions it it's just that's the way it is everybody right. has live reviews and okay. and really if you, if you if you don't like it then you're actually probably doing something wrong so it certainly seems to me that things are changing so rapidly that even now, if it feels new and uncomfortable, it's like anything in a, in a year or two, it's going to be something that, you know, it's just another choice to make.
0: Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more.
1: So what else do you see coming new in the business over the next, let's say, five years?
0: You were talking about uh, the U.S. or the rest of the world being in 2014 and Canada's banking industry being in 1955. But I honestly see vacation rentals as a whole, especially in North America, being where hotels were in 1950. In 1950, as a hotel, there weren't really hotel chains. It was somebody with a boarding house with no brand. You kind of showed up to town, you had some extra rooms, you'd just book a a room and, and stay there for the night. And in 1952, Holiday Inn came in and said, we're gonna create a brand, we're gonna create a brand promise, we're gonna create standards, and we're gonna roll this out so that if you're staying in Orlando or you're staying in Sacramento, you know what you're going to get. And once that started happening, you had Conrad Hilton come in, had the Marriott's come in, you had the Pritzker's with Hyatt come in, and now you have basically 10 big global hotel chains and then some boutiques and smaller hotels locally in different markets. And I really think that that's the evolution we're going to start to see in vacation rentals. Right now, even with the management companies we have – even if they have 200, 500, even 1,000 properties under management, they typically are very localized. They're very specific to Hilton Head or to the Outer Banks or to the Panhandle. And so as a a customer, as a vacationer, I could find a great brand, a great company in one market. But when I go to Aspen or if I go to San Diego, I have to do all that research all over again and find the new brand. So I think what we're going to see is this consolidation that's been happening on the distribution and software side uh, is going to start happening a lot more on the vacation rental side. You're seeing it some with Vacasa. After the the VR May West seminar at the end of April, the Wednesday after the seminar, they bought three companies. And and they really, they're saying, we are going to create a national, if not global brand for vacation rentals. And I think that's going to be the single largest trend that we're going to see it may take, and I'm certain it will take longer than five years to really see the impact. But you know, next decade or two decades.
1: In the in the ten years I've been doing this, the the, the other thing I've seen a, a huge change in is, is is standards. You just mentioned, you know, Holiday inns and standards, mm-hmm. and I, and I know there are parts of the world where where we're perhaps a little bit slow in catching up, but the traveling public is driving these changes right and and standards will have to rise i i still see as i'm sure you do if you see listings that you you would you would not put anywhere you would you would not take a vacation rental vacation in that property right by looking at the listing right. and uh, and it's just this I, i'm not sure i i quite like the idea of this consistency and uh, the same standard across the board and we end up with vacation rentals all looking exactly the same with the same you know with the same decor the same furniture the same fittings but i think if we we, we're going to see those standards just continue to rise and rise and those owners that fail to meet those will just drop out of the bottom
0: well and i would separate that out so i'm not saying a cookie cutter uh, vacation rentals, right? Where they all, it's the same box homes with the same furniture. But as you say, a certain level of standard. So just like in hotels, Starwood owns St. Regis. They own Sheraton. They own Weston. They own Four Points. Those do not all look the same. And honestly, even in between places, St. Regis is very dramatically. But you know when you show up at a St. Regis, what the level of luxury, the level of the, mm-hmm. the quality is going to be. Same at a Sheraton, you know, I'm not going to expect a St. Regis, but I'm going to expect more than perhaps a four points. And at a four points, you kind of know what you're getting. And I think we'll see within a brand a consistency on that quality. But even more importantly, it's the consistency of the service. And that's where larger companies putting in standard operating procedures on the service from how do you make a booking, how do, what kind of touch points are there before, if there are any questions during it how is the cleaning done? All of the service side, I think, can and will and should be uh, much more standardized and consistent as you get these larger companies.
1: Yes, I fully agree. I'm, vacationers now want this effortless experience from beginning to end, and that, that's from, that's effortless from looking at a listing at the very first stage to actually right. to, to leaving the property at the end. Everything has to be effortless, and that means that the service has to be top-notch from beginning to end. So, in full agreement on that. Andrew we're, we're sort of reaching the end here and I'm as I said at the beginning I started out with skepticism. I've gone to being intrigued and after talking you talking to you I'm I'm sort of getting excited about this. And I'm uh, happy to do that. <laughs> I I love this idea. So I'm going to get off the call here. I'm going to go on to MLS and go down to the panhandle. And <laughs> yes. Please do. You know, it's been an an absolute pleasure talking to you. Is there anything else that you want to add that uh, that we haven't talked about?
0: With all of this, I know you're also uh, a part of the Vacation Rental World Summit. It's just really flagging that this is an incredibly exciting time, given the growth and all the changes. But it's also uncertain with regulatory changes, with industry consolidation, the players changing all the time. And so as an owner, I, I really appreciate you doing things like this. Uh, having a blog to to keep people abreast of what's ha- what's coming in the pipeline, what's going on today, what's going to be happening in the future, and I would encourage anybody listening that if they really want to be serious in the space to really stay on top of these kinds of things because they will impact you whether you realize it or not.
1: I think it's almost impossible these days to to manage a vacation, you know, a vacation rental home, even if you're doing it entirely on your own in a vacuum. You've got to get out and see what's going on uh, because it, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on
0: absolutely i mean the just the tools at your disposal as an owner if you decide that that's the route you want to go and you really want to do it yourself there are new companies cropping up every single week that make it easier in some ways than ever before to do this
1: when i first came out to ontario it was about 1998 and i think we, we still had all the paper uh, brochures and there was, a, there was a brochure that came out that listed all the cottage rentals in Ontario, and it was very thick, and it was, um, it was called the Tyler's Cottage Rental Magazine, and everybody okay. looked for it to come out in the, in the spring, and then they just went on to these little classified ads and did their bookings okay. directly with owners. And, and I, I sort of have some fond memories of those, but when I think back to all you had then was this tiny little grainy black-and-white picture of of the front of a property because that that's all there was in that's all, right. all there was in these ads and people would book based on that.
0: So and now you have video <laughs> tours and thirty high res photos done by professionals and five hundred word descriptions of the property. You know it, it's a very different world we we operate in.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I, and so much better world as yeah, well. <laughs> and i i've seen the i've seen the changes as as a vacationer myself and i go to uh vacation homes every year one or two of them at least and and the difference in in the past 20 years is just phenomenal from the mouse infested cornish cottage to, to the villas that we've stayed in in costa rica and the bahamas oh, yeah. and it uh, ju- just the the difference is just phenomenal but anyway andrew i um, it's been a, a complete pleasure Speaking to you today, I'm looking forward to meeting you in um, San Diego at the Vacation Rental Managers Association Conference in October.
0: Yes, I can't wait.
1: And uh, where, where can people find you?
0: The, the best is our website, vacationfutures.com. You can certainly follow us on Twitter at Vacation Futures or reach out to me directly. My email is McConnell at vacationfutures.com
1: Excellent and I'll put all those into the show notes so if anybody wants to get in touch with Andrew take a look at the website or connect with him on Twitter then you can um, collect all that information at cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS26 So once again thank you so much for, for joining me Andrew and I'll look forward to meeting you later this year
0: Sounds great. Thank you, Heather. Have a good one.
1: Well, that was a great interview with, uh, with Andrew. And, and as I said at the beginning, it was, uh, that the whole issue of wholesaling vacation rentals was something I, I thought about with a lot of skepticism, um, even began to, um, sort of look at whether I was getting a little bit dinosaurish about the whole, um, the whole industry, and then realize that, you know, it's growing so rapidly, all these things are going to be coming to us so so thick and fast that we have to look at everything that comes along with, um, without skepticism, without judgment, look at them from a much wider perspective than we have done perhaps before. So it w- I'd be really interested to hear what you think and um, what your views are of what Andrew was talking about. I actually think it's it's a really exciting concept, and I'll be really interested to see how it how it goes. Uh, if you want to um check out the show notes at cottageblogger.com forward slash vrs zero two seven, then you'll be able to get uh, links to vacationfutures.com and Any anything else that we talked about in the episode, and of course, as ever, if you like this show and you're enjoying Vacation Rental Success, I'd love you to go to iTunes and write a review. It really helps us climb up the rankings uh, in iTunes, which is always good because it just brings more listeners. So thank you once again for listening to Vacation Rental Success. And I will look forward to being with you again soon.
0: This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.